Hello and welcome to another edition of MLB Pro Happy Hour. It's trade deadline week. It's a busy, what is today? Today's Tuesday, a busy Tuesday so far in MLB Pro. We have trades left and right. Uh, I'm joined tonight by Brenton. As always, Sam might be joining us and uh, we might have others pop in. Uh, I am your anonymous GM and we have a lot to talk about. Uh, We were talking before we came on the air. There have been a lot of trades. Um, Let's start with perhaps the biggest name first. That being Anthony Rendon going from Tampa Bay to St. Louis late last week. Were you surprised at the move? What is your initial reaction to Anthony Rendon heading to St. Louis? No, you know, I think honestly that day I put up a uh, almost a rant video, I guess you could call it, of Rendon. Why hasn't he been moved, right? The guy is playing out of his mind. He needs to go to a contender and it needs to happen quickly now to be fair I put out three teams I thought he might land on and the Cardinals were not on that list um but this is kind of what Ryan does right he's been steady all along he's consistently one of the the teams that makes the playoffs almost every year and his team plays well so it's not shocking that he ended up in St. Louis so earlier I, I believe it was the same day maybe maybe I have my days confused so if I do apologies um but we had rumors or statements and proclamations that the pirates were not going to be buyers at the deadline i think it was i think it was the morning of the trade if it was that morning do you think that affected ryan's decision to make this move and say hey if i get rendon i'm gonna win this division i don't think he saw it ryan is not as active in the chat as he was in the group would say a couple years ago uh to be frank i don't know that he sees pittsburgh as a contender, I think that Pittsburgh is overperforming of what they've done there and what Greg has done is spectacular. It, I don't see it. It can't be sustainable, right? And I think St. Louis knows that he's got a team that if the injuries ever sort themselves out, which Clay shouldn't pick Kershaw's coming back soon, Dave Smith's now until next year, but like, you know, if, if Kershaw comes back between him, LeBlanc, Potter, and then this offense plus Randone, the dude's a lock to make the playoffs. Now, heavy quotes on the lock, right? But, um, I don't think Ryan was influenced by that at all. I think he was probably – we have maybe an insider uh, that just joined the group here in a second. I think Ryan may have been quietly watching the situation and then made a swoop when he realized he, he had an opening here. Uh, John, uh, welcome. Hey. Anthony, Rend- Anthony Rendon to St. Louis. Um, was that something that had been in the works for a while? Was it a last-second thing? Give us as much as you can on how that came about. Uh, no, it was totally, I wouldn't say out of the blue, but it was, you know, it's, I think Brent did that video which said, hey, why is this guy still out here? And then all of a sudden, you know, that, of course, spurred up interest. So that was nice. And, uh, yeah, and then it came together pretty quickly after that. You know me, I don't like to dilly-dally with trade talks and draw them out too long. I like to pretty much hammer it home. And so, yeah, it was, I think it was all maybe in the span of a day or two, max. And then I, it's, Looking at your return, um, there's some there's some quality players heading back to Tampa Bay. Uh, Alec Thomas, a center fielder, Chris Schoen, Chris Schoenborn, a pitcher, and big Rick Z, big Z, Rick Moore. Moore. I don't know where the Z comes from, so someone can influence me on that one. Um, but what's uh, the take on the players you got back in that trade? Um, I mean, really just looking to build as much depth as humanly possible. Um, with my organization so I have you know when things go awry I've got plans B and C kind of laid out I'd say the real prize for me was Thomas um, 
he's a guy I think is probably set. It will be, you know, if everything stays the same, a starting outfielder for me. But, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of pretty much everyone I get. I usually go for someone on purpose, you know. Um, Schoenborn, I like he's got five pitches. You know, he's got good starting pitcher stamina. He can last a while. Uh, but, you know, he's got flaws. He's hurt right now, which is always a bummer. And he hasn't really done much in his pro career. So he's kind of just in my stable of guys who might do something later. Um, but Thomas is the big one. You know, that's the guy who I was like, okay, that guy, he can he can lock down center field. And look that at was, his go team, for it. By the way, if you look at the Rays at the acquisition today, I don't think I've actually looked into the Rays system at all at any point over the last two years. Uh, probably a big piece of that being that Hines and I's trade styles are very different. I like to drag that shit out as long as possible, and he likes to get it done. <laughs> um, but if you, if you look at this, and look at it this four years down the road, right? So when everybody's 25, Will McCoy at third base, Bobby Witt Jr. at shortstop, Alec Thomas in center field. Uh, is this John Allen? Yeah, John Allen he's probably now uh, overtaken by the guy whose name I don't even know who I got today from the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Like, th this team is going to be just full of dudes. Like, there, there is not a Vlad Guerrero Jr. in here, right? But it's dudes that are like, they're going to hit 300, 280 to 310, somewhere in that range. They're going to hit 15 to 20 home runs. They're going to play good defense. They're going to steal bases. Like, this is a good club in two or three years that I think – I know there was some hubbub about them in the off – like, a trade deadline last year when they made all those moves. I hadn't looked at his team. It's solid. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I – I find that, you know, my personal style, going to get – getting guys like a Vlad Jr., that's near possible, you know. And the price is prohibitively high. You're going to pay a, an extra tax, tax just for, for getting a guy like that. Um, so I go for the bulk and then hope the mass of guys gives me options. And I'll go, you know, down the line, I'm going to trade a bunch of these guys. It's just going to be a fact. And I will pile – as up to five, I guess, of them together to get a superstar later. That's pretty much my game plan is just get so many guys that if I trade my second base, third base prospect and my best right field prospect, well, I got two more just like them right behind them. Speaking of stockpiling talent uh, and trading assets, Gabriel Guerrero this afternoon, just not too long ago, sent to the Texas Rangers along with Brandon Crawford in exchange for Pete Cosma, Doug Crawford, Donald Taylor, and Dane Ferguson. Uh, how do we come about on this trade? Uh, again, uh, Guerrero, interest, The what was the focus on what we were trying to – was there a particular player among the bunch that you brought back that excites you the most? Yeah. Um, actually, this one, even though I've been uh, touting my players as I want to do, uh, this one, you know, what didn't come from – Kevin reached out to me after me talking to Guerrero. Um, it actually came by the uh, – he has Doug Crawford. He's the guy who I really wanted. Um, I reached out to a number of different GMs, Brendan included, on some pitchers that I kind of circled as guys that, I, that I'm interested in. I like him a lot, you know. Um, I think he's – you know, he's got really good makeup, you know. Um, he's a captain. He's relatively well-developed. Even though he's in high A and he's 25, he's really almost cooked. You know, so I'm probably going to zip him right on up, at least triple A. Um, he's had a good year. Um, I think he's almost at three war already. Um, 
so he was really, you know, it started with me saying, hey, Kevin, you know, Doug Profit, someone you trade, what are you looking for? And he says he's looking for pitching. And I was like, well, have I got the guy for you? You know, um, so it really kind of just spurred from there. And then, you know, he mentioned he needed a little salary help. And I was like, well, I can handle that for you as well. One-stop shopping. So then with the uh, shortstop swap where I basically use money I'm never going to use, um, I was able to kind of pick up the, the rest of the deal and the, and the pitching exchange and a couple prospects to make it worth my while. Is there an added joy to bring in two former Blue Jays in the hopes of one day chasing down Mitch in the AL East? Someday. It's always good. I've noticed it's, it's funny. When you go kind of scouring around people's minor leagues for prospects, you find that a lot of them came by way of the Blue Jays some way or another. I think, you know, Mitch, what he is amazing. It's, a, it's, it's crazy to watch. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, most prospects, at least of the, non, of the guys that, I, frankly, I look for, which are the non-top 100 guys, probably circled through Mitch at some point. They're either a Blue Jay or they were a part of the uh, Armando Cabanas trade and coming from Seattle or, or from Atlanta, it seems like, Definitely. basically with every trade that's ever made. Uh, speaking of the Braves, uh, Brenton this afternoon, John Butler in exchange for Ronald Stanton. Uh, there's been some frustration, frustrations, it seems like, in Atlanta with some of the offense of late. What do you hope Ronald Stanton can bring to help fix that? Yeah, I mean, I think I have – severely neglected the power aspect of this game over the last couple of years, right? I've gone out and got players who, in my mind, play good defense and they offer speed and they do good contact and they're going to walk, right, from a prospect level. And I kind of forgot to go get a good power guy. Uh, Brendan Rodgers hasn't quite flashed the bat, at least from the, the home run totals, I would hope, right? He's only 23. I'm hoping he'll get to 25 at some point. Uh, but adding a guy like Stanton, who can hit the ball out of the park, will hit for average, strike out a little bit, but, but shouldn't be a problem to the offense, should really help a guy like Brendan Rodgers and then a guy like Jimmy Vega coming up next year, uh, Dante Bichette, uh, not Dante Bichette, Bo Bichette Jr. Uh, yeah, sure, Dante Bichette Jr. Bo Bichette, good Lord, not Dante Bichette Jr. One of the Bichettes, whichever one. You know, a couple of these guys. I, I thought Story may offer some help. I still think long-term he will. Dude struck out 40,000 times in 20 at-bats. But, you know, I, I like Stanton's bat. And, and John Butler, as great as the kid is, it's expendable. I, I have five young starters right now in my, in my rotation that I don't see going anywhere. I didn't need a sixth one, uh, especially with a guy like Heather Lee and Milligan down in AAA pitching well. So um, it was a move I, I thought I could make at this point. Other moves have been made recently um, with a focus seemingly in the bullpen. Uh, there are four relievers that have been traded that I kind of want to see who people think will be the biggest impact acquisition. We have Pat Crosby going from Houston to Arizona. We have today Tanner Shepherds going from Miami to the White Sox. And then the Rockies recently have brought in a pair. Today, Brandon Creeth from Boston and the other day, Krishan Hawley from Baltimore. Of those four relievers that have changed teams, who, who do we think might make the biggest impact the rest of the way? I mean, you got to think Holly, right? Like, the dude's got the, the best pedigree for this year. He's going for – he goes to the preseason favorite in the Rockies, right? So, I the Mets are absolutely the favorite in the National League now. But the, 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 the Diamondbacks are new blood. The Rockies are old guard. In a sense, you got to think it's him. Now, you can make an argument for the player's caliber, but I, I like Preach on Holly in Colorado. I think. John, do you yeah. uh, agree or disagree? 
He's he's definitely the, the best one. He's a guy. I mean, he can he can go out there and just be lights out. He had a heck of a time in his in Baltimore. He was dealing the entire time he was there. I don't know if Andy rubbed some magic potions on him there and then you know for a little while. But yeah, I mean, I'd say he's definitely the the prime candidate to really impact the bullpen. And bullpens are tough, especially trading for him. You know, um, I think you see a lot of the time a guy they don't pitch a ton of innings sometimes. So you get someone like Holly who's got you know. 150 innings his last 150 innings are all really really good well, that's the guy you're going to want to bet on you know um everything else is a little bit interchangeable i'm going to take the contrarian approach to this one simply because of how poor the arizona diamondbacks bullpen has been most of the year and because of the the frequency of the rubber arm that is pat crosby i i think his impact has the potential to be bigger than Holly in Colorado. Colorado has a lot of good bullpen arms. They're just not pitching well. Uh, between Dennis Moore, Nick McCauley, Felipe Amont, Orlando Garcia, who was lights out last year, Kadir Hashim, there are a lot of dudes there. I, I don't know if Holly's day-to-day impact is going to be as big simply because of the opportunity. Yeah, I, I would agree. One thing I noticed, um, I found it, I didn't realize it, when I was looking at the Felix Hernandez trade, they've got like a 10-man bullpen or something crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, there is that. I mean, how many innings is Holly going to pitch? You know, I would, were it my team, I certainly wouldn't be rolling with a, I guess it looks like it's a nine-man bullpen. That seems like a, too, too many arms at a minimum um, for, for my liking. So maybe he trims it down and starts going for some bats because, you know, get a couple of big pinch hit homers off the bench would maybe make a difference. There's something to be said for that, though. I mean, Matt Eisenberg, who runs the Angels, just came out and said he carries more bullpen arms than anybody. And Matt's been dominating this league for a decade. So, you know, if, if the two of the top teams in the league are carrying more bullpen arms, maybe maybe there's something to that. Um, yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I think – Sorry, The way that have been in the AL, though, with the DH, you know, I mean, you don't need pinch hitters as often. You know, I'd say the Rockies are struggling for offense, are they? Yeah, I mean – with. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is something to be said, but no. Uh, but I, I think I love that if you look at the overall acquisitions at this point, what Arizona has done between Matt Manning and, and um, Pat Crosby, I agree with you. I think those two players will make a bigger impact for that that team who, since the call from Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Juan Marie, which I will take full credit for, by the way, I sent a absolutely unprompted message to Vet, uh, who was running that team, and said, dude, call these players up. They're ready. We had a quick back and forth, and he called them up that day, and they've been dominating ever since. So you're welcome, Arizona. You're welcome, National League. It's, this is me. I'm taking credit for all their success. Um, I think those two arms in their bullpen are going to be great for a team that is young as hell. But, God, are they fun. Like, if we could watch this game in real life, I would watch that team every day. They're going to be so much fun to watch. They're an interesting team. Another aspect of that I think that's interesting looking Eddie, at this. Eddie's in the thing, by the way. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Eddie said he's Oh, I see him. I see him. He's in now. Um, are some of the left-handed bats that are among the National League best teams. You have Josh Wilcox. You have Matt Dendecker, both left-handed bats in New York. When you're looking at St. Louis, you have Randy Malay, Julio Rodriguez, Yelich Guzman. And then you look at Colorado, you have Ayers, McKinley, Peterson, Winter Bereda. So by acquiring a power arm like Matt Manning, who can, can, can combat left-handed batters, it's a very good move. And while it cost, cost uh, Arizona a quality prospect, Matt Manning's only, what, 20 years old? Uh, so, so they got a young yeah, yeah. reliever who's going to fit in there for a long time. 
Eddie, welcome. Uh, how are things in Colorado? Well, you know, I joined at the wrong time. Let's talk about Arizona, how good they are. Well, so we were, we were debating uh, relief pitcher arms and trying to figure out who the biggest impact here at the deadline is going to be. And you've acquired two relief pitchers uh, of late. Today, Brandon Kareeth uh, in exchange for Tyler Clippard and then Krishan Hawley uh, earlier in the week. How do you see them both fitting in in a crowded bullpen in Colorado? Yeah, that's it has been a problem. It's definitely pretty crowded. Um, so, But if you look at the problem that my team has had, if all you need to do is go to the um, – you really just look at McCulley and, and Moore, look at their game log and just follow their game log, it's a pretty sad story. So the bullpen has been my, my challenge. Um, and the thing about uh, Holly and Kreeth is they're both extreme ground ball guys, um, which, you know, in Colorado is uh, very important. So I think they uh, they definitely add some more uh, ground ball tendencies. Uh, it, yeah, the problem's going to be how do you, how does it all get constructed um, and everybody gets used enough. So that that's that's my next task. Looking elsewhere at the deadline, um, first off, Brenton, were there any other tr- players that, that needed to be mentioned here that have been moved uh, recently that I've I've overlooked? I mean, Shepard's. It doesn't take a ton to to break it down, but it might be interesting to think about the White Sox from a can they either one catch the Indians style of things or can they fend off the Rangers and the angels who they're right there with? Uh, So let's, let's get to the wild card in a second, but let's start with this aspect of the white Sox. I think it's something that we've heard a lot about recently and that's Kyle Cody's status with the team, the due diligence in seeing if there's a mega offer to be made two sides to this question I have for everyone. One, will a trade be made? And two, if you were a team looking at Kyle Cody, would you be willing? Would you be interested in making a mega offer for Kyle Cody? So does he get moved, and is he basically worth it? I want to go first because I have insider knowledge here. So uh, the Braves were the ones that started this, right? Uh, I know Ed, Hodges is a good man to keep it keep it quiet. I went to him and asked about Kyle Cody because the only place this man has seen success is in Atlanta. In his brief brief in Atlanta, he was great, right? And then I shipped him off like an asshole. So I went to him and asked about this and it opened the conversation back up. From what I've heard, there have been multiple very, very strong offers made on Kyle Cody, uh, but there's wavering on both sides. So the, the answer to the question, will it happen? No, I don't think Cody leaves Chicago. It's not because teams aren't interested. It's because if you're Hodges, why do you not hold on to him for more than a year and a half, basically, and hope that a dude with the, the potential he's got can figure his shit out? for a team that's already right there, right? There's nothing you can bring back in my mind in this calendar year that will be worth sending that dude out in a pennant race or in a playoff race. I think he keeps them. Next year's a different story. I don't think a deal gets made this year. The Braves starting this all off makes way too much sense. Um, Eddie, John, uh, what are your takes on the White Sox and Cal Cody? I would agree, unless some team is out there and paying for unrealized potential, I don't really see why he would trade them now. You know, he's more valuable to them than probably whoever he goes to. And if he's selling them anything for anything less than premium value, there's no there's no reason to. Let him pitch the next two months, playoff push, maybe playoff start, you know, and then see what comes up in the offseason. But, uh, I mean, I'd say I don't – if he does get dealt, I'd be surprised and I'd be curious as to the reasons 
why the other GM wanted to pay the premium now rather than any uh, any any difference of opinion on what you've heard, Kyle Cody, White Sox. Yeah, I don't I don't um, I don't think there's a difference of opinion. The dude's got a ton of talent, but there's a ton of question marks. I think it's going to be tough to find something that both teams are happy with. Looking at a hole um, in the American League right now, you have four teams within four games of the play. Really, five teams if you include the Indians uh, and the Central and all of this. So you have, let's say, two spots. You have. Well, let me rephrase this. Who wins the American League Central? The Indians or the White Sox? And then on top of that, who makes up the wild card? Four, te- four, two spots for four teams: the Angels, the White Sox, the Rangers, the Yankees. Who gets them? I'd say I think the Indians will, will finish it off in the AL Central for sure. Um, obviously, I think the Angels are a near lock uh, for one of the wild card spots. I know Matt was saying, or someone was trying to say, like, "Oh, I don't know if the Angels are going to make the playoffs." Like, you're you're nuts, you know? They're, they're, they're radio. It's crazy. Insane, insane run differential. They're going to be in the playoffs. Um, and the second wild card team. If I was a betting man. I don't know. I got. I got a good feeling about the White Sox. I don't know. I, I don't have a good feeling about the Yankees. The Rangers, who knows? Obviously, Kevin's active. Steve Guerrero helps him out or not. But um, if I was betting today, it'd be the White Sox as the second one. Yeah, I think – anyone – oh, go ahead, Eddie. Sorry. I, I, Cleveland, to me, um, they they have such a good roster. The, the, the Rod Swift injury is an absolute killer. And they – they mortgaged everything to go all in. So they don't have – they didn't have the room for error. Um, it's just unfortunate because I love the way he constructed the team, but you lose a Rod Swift, they don't have somebody who can step in, and they don't have the, the pieces to go um, add anything of impact, which it's just, it's just disappointing. Like, I really I really like their team, and but Swift, I think, just really knocks them down and, and gives White Sox a good chance to take the division. He could so if the White Sox take, take the division – the Mats back from me. Yeah. Then who takes uh, the two wild card spots, Eddie? Um, Angels and Rangers. Brenton, I, I what saves you? What's can we, can that? What if, real quick? Let's hear it. Yeah. Aiden was a little bit busy when international free agency came open. Why did the, the Indians not go invest $5 million of essentially dead money that means nothing, like it's going to go back to your owner again, on Kwan Young Kim? Why did they not go get this dude? I, I will never know the answer to this question outside of the fact that maybe he was busy at the time. The guy is 32 years old, yes, but, like, why does that matter for a one-year plug for Rod Swift? He's exactly what you need for a guy like him. He went to New York and has had two very decent starts in a very difficult place to pitch 16 strikeouts over 10 innings. I have no idea why they didn't sign this guy. Now they're really going to go way overpay with the, to your point, barren prospect system they've got for a, you know, borderline pitcher, or they're not going to do it, and, and they're going to hope to God that their staff can manage out Swift and they make playoffs, or they don't. I don't understand this. I think Kim would have been the perfect answer, and they're not going to sign anybody of value in that international class that would have done more for this team than him. I will never understand that question. That being said – I still think the Indians make the playoffs. I think the White Sox end up catching him in the division. I think Rocky makes no moves and fades into obscurity very slowly uh, in North Carolina. And, and I think the second team is the Rangers. Uh, I think that's got to be them. Does that mean the Angels are out? Hell yeah. Angels are out. No, I'm kidding. The Rangers are out. The Angels are in. 
Can we take a second? And I have no inside knowledge on this trade. Uh, I still don't know if there is one, but this rumor that Jordan Lyles has been moved. That's the wild thing. I, I, I'm of the belief that it's a smokescreen. But then, but then when we take, take a look, and as we were discussing the Indians tonight, I looked and proposed that Jordan Lyles be traded to Cleveland for Michael Pineda. Am I crazy to think that that's a good fit for both teams? Yeah, hold on, because I hadn't even considered that. So let me take a look. Pineda's been struggling. He's making a right around $20 million a year to sit in the Cleveland bullpen and really not contribute much. But he signed for a year or two or three shorter than Lyles. We could we could put an end to Jim's nightmares of Jordan Lyles, and we could give Cleveland perhaps a chance with a actual defense in the field to improve the play of Jordan Lyles. I think it is a win win and a trade that needs to happen for both teams. Makes sense actually. You know, I I didn't even thought about it. You know, that's. It makes a good amount of sense. Now, it's definitely one of the takes some chips on That's for sure. You know what's going to happen? And then Jim's going to be like, Pineda, damn Pineda. What the hell's <laughs> going on with Pineda? He's benched for the year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I feel bad for what for Jordan Lyles last night because he, uh, yeah. he got the brunt of the frustration and he's better get used to being the bullpen catcher in Detroit for the rest of the season, I think. I think with the you've got one thing you've got to look at, and that is kind of a like meta moment, step outside the the us pretending this is real life thing, is that players more often than not opt out when given the chance. Jordan Lyles has a playoff player option opt out in two years, one year after 2021. He has the option to opt out. Now reality says, why the fuck would a 31 year old pitcher opt out of? what is essentially $130 million. History tells me, unless OOTP22 says something, that he actually has a decent shot of opting out. Waylon, will you stop, please? So the reality of the situation is you've taken a gamble to deal him for a guy. You may end up with a longer contract with Pineda. It's, it's again, metagaming, right? But, like, I've seen it happen multiple times. So Pineda has one, too, though. Pineda oh, has okay, one. Well, maybe not then. Yeah. But it's possible. But they're not opting out. Yeah. It's happened before. Yeah, I mean, it could. It's definitely a longer, you know, if whichever team has Pineda has a little bit less pre-opt-out responsibility. I think it's like $8 million bucks, but Miles has all those extra years. But he's yeah. probably the better pitcher. What do we think happens the rest of the week? What Are there are – there- is there a deal that hasn't been discussed where a player that frankly no one knows is on the block that's going to be traded and surprised everyone? Is it going to be quiet? What, what do we think happens between now and Friday? Yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because there are a couple names I had in mind that I wanted to go through. Now, people that, that maybe the teams that are involved in this don't even know are on the, bull, on the trade block yet, uh, but they need to be. Right. And actually, a couple of these guys have been mentioned before. The first one I wanted to start with, and, and I'll let you run with this man if you want to, is Andres Esperanza from Kansas City. Um, there's two guys here, actually. It's, it's Esperanza, and then it's a dude that he mentioned like super, super casually, which would be uh, Gustavo Lopez. Right. Gustavo Lopez is 23, has a shortstop, plays great defense. Uh, he's fast. He's a good contact guy. He doesn't strike out. He just kind of casually mentioned the other day that he would entertain offers on him. I don't know why someone doesn't go get him. And the reason I bring up a guy like Gustavo, uh, not Gustavo Lopez, excuse me, Esperanza, is because the dude's hitting 327 as a catcher. 
Like, why would somebody that's out there that's competing, why not? Why would they not go get a guy like this? He's also making $950,000 as a 30 year old in arbitration. He's not going to cost you a lot of money. Those are two dudes with a team that's not competing right now that I think are going to be moving. Uh, John Eddy, what, what, are, what are you guys thinking? I mean, yeah, I think we're going to see some some teams give up the ghost on their on their dreams for the year. That might squeeze out a couple extra players hit the market. But I, I called it a couple weeks ago. I think it's going to be relatively quiet as far as big deals. Of course, I didn't know. At that point, I didn't think I was going to make the trades I made. So uh, I guess it shows what I know. But, I mean, to, to break I mean, those would be good guys to get. If I was in the hunt and I didn't have a great catcher, I sure as heck would be calling up the Royals, you know. Um, but some people don't see it that way. Some people think uh, catcher defense is the end-all, be-all, and that is one big flaw. I disagree. Yeah. Eddie, what about you? What's going to happen between now and Friday? <clears throat> I mean, one of the big names is um, is Lester, right? So um, it's those those teams have been kind of like pushing, deciding, am I in, am I out? Um, um, so, if the, you know, the Dodgers uh, try to move some pieces. I think they've got um, some real good talent there. Um, but I think not to the, interrupt uh, you for one second. Uh, I do have on good authority that Lester did reject a trade the other day to a contender. It is unclear his position on moving elsewhere, but he, oh. he has vetoed at least one trade. Interesting. So maybe Lester isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So continue on uh, with your other uh, other points. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean it's there's just some te- like the you know Miami deciding to sell off some pieces, the Dodgers, the Giants, some of these teams have been trying to make a push. Um, so it'll be interesting at the end of the week if there's any others that kind of make that call. Who needs to make a move? What team either to win a World Series, to make the playoffs, what team has the most pressure to make that next move to, to get to their ultimate goal this year? Is it the Blue Jays, the Yankees to make the playoffs, the Indians to hold off the White Sox, the White Sox to make the playoffs, the Rangers to move to move all in, the, the Mariners to win a World Series, the Mets to win a World Series? Is it St. Louis? Is it Colorado, Arizona? What team has the most pressure to do something? Three teams. Three teams. The Mets, because they're the hope of the friggin' National League. It's all we've got. Sorry, Eddie. Um, hey, I've got something for you. That's fair. That? Uh, absolutely <laughs> fair. You on the, phone. Uh, the Mets, Mets have a heavy, heavy burden on their their back. So I mean, throw throw, throw the, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks into that. The National League will always carry this heavy burden until they win one. It's going to keep continuing. The White Sox, because Jonathan Hodges puts more pressure on his shoulders than any GM in this league, and he has yet to make the postseason. Can despite having some of the best players. Remember that Clayton Kershaw was on this team for a while. Prince Fielder was on this team for a while. Giancarlo Stanton was on this team. He's had some of the best players in league history. He hasn't made a playoff position. So I think he's one of them. And then I forgot. Oh, the last one would be Soze to win. Has he won a World Series yet? Have the Mariners ever won? Yeah. Oh, well, screw him. Then never mind. It's just two. It's the Mets and the White Sox. That's my that's my vote. I'd agree on the Mets. I think the Mets, they're in danger of the, well, we're going to win so many regular season games, and then they're going to be gone in five games in October and wonder what the heck happened. You know, um, I was just flipping them open. They have long hurt, but they have three regulars currently that are going to play in their lineup today that are hitting under 225. That's going to work. You know, not a great long-term plan. So that's one thing I would think, if anything, want to get a couple bench pieces, you know, just to maybe ride some hot hands here and there, matchups, things like that. Um, but I think that's one team, you know, as far as who would actually make a move, I think the Angels. I think the last couple deadlines have kind of 
hung back saying, we're the angels. We're not going to worry about it. Now it's like, oh, we might need to try a little bit. And so I think they're going to make a move to really give this one a run. And the Pirates, that'd be my last one, the Pirates. I know he thinks he isn't going to make the playoffs, but he's like seven games up. Sorry, you're going to make the playoffs, Greg. You might as well try. Any, how about you? Who, who's, who's feeling the pressure? It's got to be Toronto. Um, you know, I think Mitch has got one goal and one goal only. That's to win a World Series. And he's been active. He's, um, you know, over the years, he's put together a great roster. So I think if in the AL, it's Mitch. In the NL, to Breton's point, it's the NL. Like, so the pressure is, is clearly on the NL to do something. <laughs> got about three minutes left. Before I get your final thoughts, there was one other topic. Eddie, you're here, so I have to get your latest info on this. How is the brotherly minor league series of the week going? Who, who has the upper hand as of now? <laughs> Dude, but it's, it's funny. I didn't even realize I was playing him, and I I'd rattled off a couple, of like, 15 to 2 games, 16 and 2. I'm like, damn. And then close out the series, and I didn't even realize. And then uh, um, we just we completely beat the crap out of them in in AAA. So that, that it was good. It was, it's been pretty quiet out there because it's we're both so competitive, and um, you know we're in two different places right now in, in the major league. So I'm, not, I'm trying not to rub it in. It's it's been a quiet year out in San Francisco this year. The uh, the injuries, as we have pointed out over the weeks, have taken their toll on an aging Giants team. And I, I still – I'm going to echo my statement that I've, I've made now for a couple of weeks. If you're listening, Ryan, Braulio Pardo, go get your superstar package because that's the one guy to me that still has a chance of being traded. And that comes with no inside knowledge whatsoever. I, I, I think he's the guy to watch between now and Friday. Anyways, we got two minutes now. Any final thoughts? Eddie, I'll start with you. What, what do we have at it? Um, I don't know, man. I just uh, – the, the, I'm excited about seeing the rest of the week play out for, for trades and see what everybody's doing. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. John, how about you? Any, any last uh, thoughts here? Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I mean, so is the best – one of the, my favorite times of the year. You know, the stuff that today had, looks like it has no chance, like you mentioned, Pardo, and then all of a sudden – that trade happens in 10 other trades and nobody saw coming. So I'm hoping there's some of that craziness and I hope I'm involved. And you, Brenton, give us uh, your final thoughts, your takeaways between now and Friday. Yeah. First of all, I love that John is holding a baseball right now. That's spectacular. <laughs> um, secondly, if, if Raleigh Pardo is not moved, I, I would question Ryan Buckles' insanity. I know Eddie is doing that on a regular basis, but, but that's <laughs> two other players. I don't want to mention in the chat, but just to make sure that the, the whole league sees Jack McNeil in Boston and Ed here and Harris in Chicago. Those are two guys. McNeil's at 27 home runs. Boston's going nowhere this year. Next year, maybe, but I don't see why they don't move him. And Ed Harris and the Cubs. Listen, Jabs, I love you. The Cubs suck. Move Ed Harris for pieces, man. Somebody go get this dude. He can play. I'm, I'm pumped. This is going to be – we have to do this again at the end of the week. This is going to be a wild week. It always is. It always is, as always. Thank you guys for joining me. That 40 minutes always flies by here. So thank you, Zoom. Thank you, guys. And uh, good luck to each of your teams here. And uh, whether it be adding assets for the future or making a run to the playoffs this year, thank you, guys. And we'll be talking to everyone soon. <laughs>